0: Welcome to Living In, With, and For Christ, a podcast dedicated to looking at the things around us from a Christian perspective, seeking to give glory to Christ in any and every situation. Today, Pastor Brian and myself will continue our discussion on what is hindering us from receiving the love of the Father. So saddle up, boys and girls. Here we go. All right. Well, here we are again. We're going to be continuing our discussion, so why don't you give us a brief rundown of what we talked about last time. Sure. So we kind of left off
1: uh, looking at Ephesians 4, and um, we talked about uh, the three main things that hinder us from receiving the love of the Father in the way that the Father has designed. Of course, we always know that that is initiated through salvation in Christ Jesus, you know, as we become new creations in Christ Jesus. The oldest passed away. The new reality has come. Uh, we now are placed into a right relationship with the Father because we all do have a relationship with the Father, It's whether it's the right one. Right. <laughs> and the only way it can be right is with Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Right. Um, and in that place, then, there are three things, as a believer in Christ Jesus, that, that prim- three primary things, I want to state it that way, that hinder us from receiving the love of the Father. And it's unrepentant, sinned, its unforgiveness, and its bitterness that's been deposited in our heart without our permission. And we kind of touched on the latter two last episode, and I did say last episode that we were going to come back to verse 30 of Ephesians chapter 4, which says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so the reason I wanted to kind of pick up on that verse, because that leads us right into unrepentant sin. Okay. and how that hinders us from receiving the love of the Father. Right. And so that's kind of where we're headed today. So, perfect. Perfect. Uh, it's going to be uh, hopefully convicting. I remember even listening back to our last episode, man, um, especially that statement about our words, how that convicted me, you know, right. for such as building up, you know, as fits the occasion. And um, even catching myself since recording that podcast you know it's like hey you're you know in my in my head i'm like your words are not building
0: (laughs) i I think i've been called out a couple of times by a couple of people as well oh my
1: word it's so interesting and um boy that takes an intentional cultivating the holy spirit you know what i mean the fruits of the spirit and just man holding your tongue and that whole james thing quick to listen
0: slow to speak oh man And, and but that's just another example of why we need the grace Amen. that God provides for us, that, Amen. that Christ provided on the cross. Yeah, thank God our actions don't earn oh, salvation. We're all doomed if it was that way. Oh, my word.
1: It is totally, entirely by the grace of God by which we are saved. And I, don't, I, I, faith.
0: I just don't even think it's possible. Oh, I, as, no. a, as a human, I don't think you can, you can love Christ with all your heart. You can serve him. And I just don't think it's possible for well, anyone. You know, and if we look back at what Isaiah said, that
1: even our most righteous deeds are as filthy, filthy rags. rags yep. Because everything is infected. And I would love to tell you that there are some times I do things from pure motives. Um, and even though there might be a higher percentage of my motives are are glorifying to God there's always going to be a percentage that isn't mm-hmm. that says oh i'm going to look good because of this and like what you know people are going to think of really, right. you know yeah. good things about me if i do this and i'm telling you if we are really honest and again again it comes right back to first john chapter 1 walking in the light as he is in the light that brutal honesty with ourselves
0: you know and finding that balance between narcissism and self-deprecation. So you know you hear everybody say you know well that's just that's just human nature. Human nature, that's just human nature. So did that human nature that we're talking about come after the fall? Yeah, absolutely. So I before mean, that Adam and Eve had none of that. No sin. They were not infected with a sin nature.
1: They had not sinned up until that point. Um, I think it kind of curiosity killed the cat, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The other thing, if you really look at Satan's deception, Satan is good at deceiving us. Oh, gosh. You know, did God really say? He starts to get them to question the word of God. Mm -hmm. And he still uses that tactic today. Did God really say? I mean, how many denominations don't think of the Bible as authoritative and inspired fully? More and more. I know. Every day. You know, and even just recently i had uh to, I talked with several people in Christian leadership on how um the Bible is really looked at more and more as myth and mythology you know in Christendom than it is the authoritative word of God and well, uh, there's going to be a day of reckoning at, at one point,
0: yeah, know, I don't and, understand why anybody would want to follow that if that's the case, if it's just a mythical story, why would there's then we're right back to Jesus being a good teacher
1: yep. And not really that he's the Messiah, the Son of God. And, and the Savior. And, yeah. And you yeah. can, there's going to be some places in the middle there. You know, there's going to be an aspect, you know, of Christianity in certain denominations that may not hold to the authority of the Word of God, but they still believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. And so, gosh, you know, it's it's a really difficult thing. And, of course, that's a long rabbit trail. And
0: Yeah, we're getting off our
1: topic here yeah, a little but, bit but you know it just you know there's an aspect of it in in matthew chapter five where it says uh, what jesus says i have not come to abolish the law and the prophets i have come to fulfill them and then he continues on and those who teach these things and does them they will be called great in the kingdom of heaven those who do not teach these the law the commandments right. um and and others to do so they will be called least in the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. So, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, there's an aspect to where you can hold to some of those more liberal mindsets and still be in the kingdom of heaven. Where that line is, that's up to God. Right. And I'm going to leave that up to Him, and that's all yeah. I'm going to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it is up to Him and not up to yeah. us. So.
1: But I, as we kind of enter into this um, discussion of grieving the Holy Spirit, I, I do want to make a very clear distinction between grieving the Holy Spirit and blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Okay. You know, Jesus made it clear about blaspheming the Holy Spirit is really rejecting the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is primarily is ministering the salvation of Jesus Christ. So by rejecting Christ, you are blaspheming the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's more complicated than that, but that's not what we're talking about today.
0: Can can you blaspheme the Holy Spirit even though you do accept Christ? I mean, is there... Is, there, is that a possibility, or is it just that you just don't accept Christ, and therefore you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit?
1: I think it starts with grieving, and it might lead up to that. There's a possibility that, it, that a hardness develops and a, a rebellion develops, but I don't think it's instantaneous. Because if genuine salvation has happened, you've got a new heart. Okay. And you've got the spirit yep. within you to speak to you on what's wrong. And it becomes this beautiful spiritual conscience that guides you according to God's Ten Commandments. You know, right. Since we've been freed from the legal demands of the law and the consequences of the legal demands of the law, which is eternal punishment, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And because we have been placed in that new status in Christ Jesus, clothed in his righteousness— Placed in that right standing with God, declared not guilty, you know, not that we are innocent because we're not, right? But we're declared not guilty because of what Christ has done and how he has credited his perfect life, his full payment on the cross, and his resurrection to us as a gift, right? So, all of that involves being sealed with the Holy Spirit, which is a great segue into our verse which again, that says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. The day of redemption is, of course, Christ's second coming. And that's what we look forward to. Um, And so I don't know that you can go from being saved to blaspheming if you're truly saved. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I I think there's a, a process by that might happen because the writer of Hebrews kind of talks about that in chapter six. I know that there are some people that interpret that differently, but it says once who has tasted, you know, the gifts of the Spirit and the, and the and the beauty of Christ, they cannot be restored again to repentance. You know, in my opinion, that's talking about people like Pharaoh, people like Judas. Yep. You know, who really, yep. literally, and intentionally, with a rebellious heart, place themselves in a place of judgment to God. Okay. And they're doing it with their fist in the air, yep. you know, and that's, that's that heart of blaspheming, you know, that goes beyond grieving the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Right, yep. So, gotcha. that's kind of how I see that progression kind of fleshed out in Scripture. So, the, the short answer is, I don't think so. If you're truly saved. Okay. But the grieving of the Holy Spirit can continue and grow. And we see this all throughout scripture. And so as we look at that verse, um, it's in the grammatical text that tells us to stop something that's in progress. So if we go back and we kind of remind ourselves of what we read before, there were two types of sin that God wanted to deal with. One was in that middle case that we are then responsible for putting to death through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the anger part of it, we're talking about right. anger, yep. slander, you know, all those things, yes. you know, um, uh, stealing, no, don't steal, don't be unethical anymore, be right. productive, you know what I'm saying? Don't be angry, don't give a foothold to the devil, don't give any opportunity for the devil, be productive, you know, and then continuing in that, and that's that's our responsibility, to allow the fruits of the Spirit to grow greater and greater in our life. And our selfishness and our self-centeredness to decrease, decrease, decrease in our life. It's kind of like what John the Baptist says. Like, make
0: Christ increase and I decrease. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, it, it's almost like, that's something that just happens. Like, I, I even know with me, I, I'm a lot happier person. I mean, little things used to just fire me up and, yep. and set me off um, you know somebody said something about you or did something or whatever like that now it's kind of like it really I'm kind of like I just brush it off anymore And it, but it's not a something consciously that no. I did but what you did do is you cultivated an environment
1: for that to happen you constantly go to church you're right. continually in the word of God right. you're continually pursuing the things of Christ regardless of your failures so in the midst of all that, you're actually cultivating an environment, and that's what your responsibility is. Yeah. Okay. And so God's doing the work in transforming us from one degree of glory to another. Right. But it is up to us to foster the environment to be hearing the Word of God, applying the Word of God, learning the Word of God. Yeah. Because that book isn't going to come off the shelf by itself.
0: Right. Right. And so that's, I mean, but that is a good example of how it's not us that does it, it's Christ. It's, he does everything. It's just like it, a garden. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We sowed the seed. Yep. Well, how does the
1: seed germinate? We don't know. I mean, yeah. we really don't know the science behind it. I know there's yeah. like genetic manipulation and all that. But to this day, they still don't know why it is that it is that right. way. Mm-hmm. Well, it just is. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you can say what you want. It just is. And so, and that's the parable that Jesus talked about. It's like, we don't really know how this all works, but it does. All of a sudden, the seed sprouts up. My onions are just... Oh, rocking yeah. in my garden right now. It's you know? a good year for onions. You know? yeah. But I planted them, I tilled the ground, I watered them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, did I do anything to make the seed grow? I, I fostered an environment for it to do what it naturally does.
0: Boy, and good example. That's, that's Great what example. You, yep.
1: That's what you did. Okay. And so the word in us, the spirit in us will naturally bring those things about as we continue to cultivate that, that environment for it to happen. Awesome. Does it make yeah, sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's a great, yeah. And so,
1: and that's, that's a good place to be. And part of cultivating that is embracing a life of confession and mm-hmm. repentance toward a salvation without regret. You know, as it says in um, Second Corinthians chapter 7. But I want to use a couple examples. And so again, as it, we look at um, Ephesians 4 verse 30, it's in that case to stop something that's already started. So obviously we always continue to sin. Right. That's never going to stop. So there's never a point in our life where we're going to say, okay, done. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Yep. You know, I've grown enough and I don't sin anymore. Mm -hmm. And anyone who thinks that is really deceived and you need to reread first John chapter one, because he who says he has no sin is a liar. (laughs) and The truth is not in him. (laughs) And so that you have to take that. And that's the reality. Um, but there's an aspect of grieving the Holy Spirit by walking in unrepentance. You know, every week in our church service, we start off with confession. Right. Why? For this very reason. So that we can begin our service by not grieving the Holy Spirit, by participating in the things of worship, hearing the Word, participating mm-hmm. in the sacraments in a way that would grieve the Holy Spirit. So if you were
0: to start your service with without doing that, Is it a is it possible that you're just going through the motions because you're not going to really receive anything from? I think that's a possibility with with both cases. So regardless of what your
1: worship service looks like, um, the Lutheran tradition is to do that, and it's for that reason. That was the whole, and that's taken right from the mass. That's right taken right from the Catholic mass, in that you begin by repenting. You come into the Lord's presence by repenting. It's kind of a picture of Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah is taken up in heaven in the throne room. What's his response as he sees holy, 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 the one God of creation? You know, he's like, I am a man of unclean lips. I, have, I can't be here. Right. And then there's a purification process that takes place that comes from the altar, the throne of God, that God does. Mm-hmm. Isaiah didn't do anything. Right. God makes him clean. You know, right. And then God says that wonderful question, who will I send? And Isaiah responds in a beautiful way, here I am. Here, send me. Lord, yep. send me. And so the Lord does the purification process, but as we are in the presence of God, the fear of the Lord moved Isaiah to claim, I am a man of unclean lips. Now, I, I have an idea that Isaiah was probably a lot more of a holy person than I am. Right. If you're looking at just like human righteousness, yep. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. from a horizontal perspective, but from a vertical perspective, no one is righteous. No one, not one.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking a lot of people get those confused. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they. I mean, because there, there's a lot of people that are really good. People, yeah, they're just generally nice people. From a humanity horizontal perspective, yes, yes.
1: Like even today, I just said, you know, he that that person, he, he's a good man, mm-hmm. and I have, I'm in my mind, I want to make sure I clarify that, you know what I mean? But from a vertical perspective,
0: we're all the same.
1: Yeah, our again, our our most righteous deed is as a filthy rag before yep. the Lord, and uh, you can do the study out of what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's gross. Yeah. And I'm telling you, and once we own that, that's where, where God can really use us. And again, that's that brutal honesty that 1 John chapter 1 talks about. And I will be talking about that verse a lot as we go through this series. And it's been kind of a lifelong process for me too, because working through abuse, working through the bitterness that was deposited in my heart without my permission, you know, mm-hmm. that, having to deal with that. Also having to deal with finding a balance between knowing I don't deserve God's love, but knowing he wants me to receive his love and resting in the victory of Christ Jesus. That's not as easy as it sounds. No. No. Because there are always times, like you said, I think it was a previous episode, where we're constantly sliding on that yep. scale between narcissism and self-deprecation. I don't mm-hmm. deserve it. Oh, woe is me! I'm throwing the pity party for myself. Yep. Two, it's like, well, look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm the shining example of Christianity yep. right now, you mm-hmm. know. And we do that, and we do it so often. Yeah. And it's it's it's
0: even even the subtlest. Mine, it's like,
1: yeah, that was that was pretty good.
0: And you know, you can even catch. I, I catch myself all the time, just in a conversation, and I'm I'm just up and down that scale, yeah, even too. in one conversation. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. I just, yeah. It's, and the the right response is an
1: acknowledgement of it, and, and and allowing that 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 moment of guilt and shame to turn into gratitude and thankfulness for what Christ has done. Right. And that's how we can laugh at ourselves. Not that we're going to dismiss those actions or not pay attention to them, but it's just like, yep, there it is. Yeah. The old sinful nature at, at work again. Yep. You know, And that's where, where it is. And so that really kind of sets up a really good place as we kind of go into this. And so let's think about grieving the Holy Spirit. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, don't quench the Spirit. It's kind of the same concept. You know, and as we walk in unrepentant sin in our life, whether it be through denial, sometimes it's in ignorance, but most of the time it's a willful choice not to see it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, I have said this from the pulpit before. I think the greatest thing that scares humanity is brutal honesty. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, because it hurts. The truth about ourselves. Yeah. The truth about how sinful we actually are. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but if we allow those truths to not only open up our eyes and allow the scales to kind of fall off, so we can see ourselves as God does, but then lead us again to a heart of gratitude and thankfulness, understanding that while we were yet sinners, Christ died that's for right. us. Yeah,
0: and I think that's the big. A lot of that is is what's missing in a lot of churches today because you get the. I, I remember. Even to having a conversation with you, one of our first years there, and and talking about, because I was realizing what a sinner I was, and was wondering, okay, am I truly saved? You know? Yes. And I, I think people that get that, you know, okay, now I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a horrible person. I can't do— and. It's so sad, the people that don't get the next step. Yeah. And again, that's placing your
1: salvation on what you do and don't do. Right. And thank Jesus that we don't have to do that. Absolutely. Because it's all in what he has done. Mm -hmm. And that's what it means to rest and trust in the victory of Christ Jesus. Because of what he has accomplished, because of the right standing he has placed you in, because of his work, we still can embrace that life of confession and repentance without condemnation, as Paul writes about in, in Romans 8, verse 1. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do that. And it's, it's hard to maintain that. And that's why we need to be in church. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if there is anyone listening who hasn't been going back to physical church, I just want to encourage you to do it. I, I really do. We need each other. We need to be in the presence of God's Word being taught. And if you're attending a church that's not giving you the gospel. Where you're leaving, knowing you have assurance of faith because of what Christ has done, you're in the wrong church. Yep, I'm. Absolutely. I'm just going to say that bluntly. I I think in as we approach the the times that we're in, uh, a watered down gospel is not enough. No. Because if we have a works-righteousness-based gospel, that's not enough. I just talked with someone I deeply care for, and they have been going to a church that has a little bit more of a works-righteousness mindset. you know. And it's not that we don't take seriously the holiness God has called us to. It's not that we don't take seriously the sanctification process that God has for us. We do. We have to. Right. But without the assurance of faith, those other things are meaningless. Yeah. And we somehow send the message that we can add to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't consciously probably think that, right. but it's like, oh, I, got, I didn't do my devotion, so I'm going to do two, two devotions today. Yeah. Like, you're going to earn something yep. more from God. Right. You know, God isn't a vending machine. We don't, like, have a tally of points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The bottom line is allowing the assurance of faith and the confidence in Christ, not in ourselves, that confidence in Christ and what he has done to then enable us and inspire us to do things for God, not because we have to. Because we want to. But because we want to right. because of what Christ has done for us. Right. And that subtle differentiation is massive theologically. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. And that's why we can then embrace a life of repentance, And that's why if we are in unrepentance, we can, in the assurance of faith, knowing that God has paid it all, we can embrace that life in a much more honest fashion so that we can allow God to remove the things that are hindering us in our walk of faith and also receiving the love of the Father that does fulfill us. Because when we don't walk in the forgiveness and the repentance that God wants us to, we end up looking for love in all the wrong places.
0: Right, and so this, so what you're talking about this bitterness, this unforgiveness, and this you know unrepented, repentant sin. Yeah, those are all things that are going to keep us from uh, experiencing yeah. the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for it. the comfort the The Uh, comfort, uh, the assurance. assurance, The assurance of our salvation. And the courage that comes from the Holy
1: Spirit to embrace that life. Right. Yeah. And so that really sets up where we're going to go. And so what we're going to do in the next episode, we're going to look at a couple of scriptural um, examples of people who grieved the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit left. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so we're going to look at that next episode. But this really, I think, was a good setup for that process. But... Last week, you know, you really brought up the idea of doing application points, and I love that idea. And so last last week we had people pray, like bring a pen and paper as you're praying. Ask God, God, what is hindering me from receiving your love the way you want me to? Right. Now, whatever you wrote down, take those, those things that you did write down and break it into into the three categories. Is it unforgiveness of yourself or someone else? is it uh, bitterness that was deposited in your, in your heart you know, against your permission, mm-hmm. or uh, is it unrepentant sin? So put it in these three categories, and then next the next couple episodes, we're going to begin to prescribe ways that the Bible gives us to remove those obstacles in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, God's doing the work. He's doing the removing, but we still have to cultivate the environment for Him
0: to do that work. Okay, so last week we were figuring out what those what those things are. This week we're going to put them in a category. Yep. And so if you didn't do the homework last week, it's not too late to catch up on it Amen. and uh, and get this done. Because I think, I think if we do this and follow through with some application, it's one thing to learn something, but... Uh, if you never apply it to your life, uh, what good is it? And, and James
1: talks about being double-minded. You look in the mirror, you see your face and then you turn and you'll forget about it. Absolutely. So that's application, applying the word of God.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Please check us out on Instagram and Facebook and feel free to leave a comment or a suggested topic. We would love to hear from you to know if uh, you're receiving a blessing from these podcasts or there's something else you want to talk about. And if you want to speak uh, directly to Pastor Brian, please send him an email. It's pastor at trinityln.org. That's pastor at trinityln.org. God bless you and have a great week.